Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today, we get back at an ex-husband. But first, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our story of the day is my ex-husband embarrassed me, so I made him pay for my wedding. I sat with my legs crossed in the banking hall, smiling brightly at the cashier as the money counting machine did its job. Occasionally, he looked up at me, but whenever our eyes met, he returned his attention uneasily back to the job before him. I couldn't blame him. He was probably not accustomed to having a beautiful customer, wearing red lipstick and a tight dress, smiling so cheerily at him. My outfits made me feel bad to the bone. It was just the dress for the occasion. The young man's unease in my demeanor was understandable too. My smile truly did have a sinister edge. Suddenly, at that moment, I felt on top of the world. For the first time, I was doing things my way. For the first time, I was taking charge. I've never been particularly lucky with love and romantic relationships. Relationships in general, really. Not to sound like a narcissist, but I assure you that the problem is never from me. Fun, I might have a few flaws of my own, but mostly the issue is that I always fall for the wrong people. You'll agree with me when I'm done sharing my story. I must mention though that this is not a cry for pity. Perhaps I craved that at some point in my life, but it's only led me into toxic relationships with me pathetically seeking acceptance. I'm way past all of that now. I had my first crush, or say, my first attempt at love, when I was 12. His name was Jim, and he was the most beautiful boy I had ever seen at the time. He had long blonde hair and fine blue eyes that never looked my way. He lived just down the block, and he was a friend of my brother's, so he came to visit a lot. But every time he came to our house, he went straight to my brother's room for the video games. I was always the one who got the door, and so at first, I used to think he loved coming around for me, but I soon realized that was not the case. The only time Jim and I truly spoke was when I leaked my brother's secret cheat code for a game. My brother was furious with me for a while, but all of that didn't matter. Jim had smiled at me, patted my head, eaten ice cream with me while we waited for my brother to return from an errand. That was compensation enough for me. The very next day, I heard some girls giggling in my class about a rose that Jim had given one of them. I confirmed that it was the same Jim, my Jim. My heart was shattered. In senior high school, I avoided every appearance of romance like a plague. I was not particularly a social butterfly, and neither was I a popular kid. Hence, this was pretty easy for me. My heartbreak had developed into a massive fear of rejection, and I was unwilling to confront it. I did have a very close male friend though. His name was Preston. We were inseparable, and he was the one person with whom I felt the most comfortable. People, including my mom, often said that we would make a good couple, but Preston knew about my disinterest in romantic connections. And so, if at all he liked me, he never expressed it. After high school graduation, Preston and his family moved out of town. His father had gotten a job promotion. 
The distance took a toll on our friendship and we soon lost touch. In college, I got into several situationships and none of them graduating into serious relationships because, as usual, I was either falling for freak boys or men who were not into commitments. It got to me a lot, but I trained myself to build a thick skin. I told myself it wasn't a big deal, but a part of me sincerely craved true love. I am a beautiful woman. I've always been. So attracting men was not the problem. But for once, I wanted someone to see me for me. It was around this time that I met my ex-husband, Tony. Tony was handsome and popular, so needless to say, he had lots of women on his tail. Naturally, I admired him too, but only from afar. He was way out of my league and the last person I expected to look my way. But it so happened that Tony and I bumped into each other at the counter of a fast food restaurant on a rainy day. My mother was a superstitious woman, and she often warned me about omens to watch out for, some of them relating to the weather. Perhaps there'd been one that afternoon, but I hadn't been paying very much attention. What an unexpected change in weather, don't you agree? He'd asked first. I turned slowly to my right where he stood, wondering whether he was truly talking to me. I don't think the forecast mentioned anything about a shower today, he continued, filling up the awkward silence. I know, right? I replied softly. I hadn't checked the weather forecast for that day. I never even took weather forecasts seriously, but it felt like the right thing to say. He sighed deeply in response. Anyway, I'm Tony Wells. What's your name? I see you around campus a lot, he said. And that was it. From that moment onwards, Tony and I had gotten closer. I wouldn't say I loved him. Our relationship was built more on fascination and the awe I had for Tony. He was sort of my trophy boyfriend, and he seemed to like me quite a lot. Something I never got to often, so I moved with the flow. Our bond had a lot of opposition, and I often heard rumors about escapades of his from concerned friends left and right, but I couldn't be bothered. It was one of the downsides of having a popular boyfriend, and the only way our relationship could survive was trust. And so I trusted Tony wholeheartedly. I believed every word he said. I considered myself lucky to be loved by someone like him in the first place. So I took in every assurance, hook, line, and sinker. The rest of the world and what they thought didn't matter. All that mattered was us. I worked hard to keep our relationship. Tony graduated college before me and landed a pretty great job. His family was well off too, so he was settled pretty early in life. On the night of my convocation ceremony, Tony proposed to me. Till this day, I wondered why I'd allowed myself to be led into this trap. I was young and naive, and there was no obvious reason to say no. Somehow, my eyes were blinded to all the red flags screaming at me. For one, his family treated me as an outcast the first time I met them. Tony had assured me that they would come around, but they never did. Apparently, his mother was the matchmaker sort, and she had prearranged a suitable bride for him. My coming into the picture had ruined a lot of arrangements. Tony's mom and sister never came around. Not at the small private wedding event. Tony had insisted we kept it as small as possible. Where they came wearing long, gloomy faces. Nor after I joined the family officially and tried my very best to impress them every chance I got. The message was clear. I was not accepted in their world. Tony took this in the same light and nonchalant way he took everything else. Babe, don't you think you're overthinking this? He would say. After the honeymoon, I barely saw very much of Tony. 
His job was very demanding, or so he made me believe, and he was out on business trips a lot. I spent a lot of time in our mini mansion alone with the servants. Tony wouldn't let me get a job either. We were doing very well financially. What he lacked in presence, he covered for in finances. Babe, you don't need a job. Why stress? My money's yours to spend. He said the few times casually I brought up the job topic. I did agree. If it were for money reasons, I didn't need a job. But for me, it was more than that. Nevertheless, try as I might, I couldn't get Tony to see the reason behind my line of thoughts. I could not go ahead to do as I pleased either for the fear that he would find out. Again, I was too young, too stupid. I felt trapped, as though I lacked a mind of my own. I lived a somewhat lonely life and I missed my husband. But I couldn't be too demanding. He had to keep working for his family anyway. I wanted to have a baby, but that was barely even possible with Tony being away most of the time. It got so bad that he was absent even for Christmas in our first year of marriage. Then he started to get distant. At first I thought I was overreacting. I didn't want to be a nagging wife, but I could not be suffering in silence. So I confronted him about his emotional absence even when he was around. With his sugar-coated words and actions, he pulled me into an embrace and told me that it was just work stress getting to him. As usual, he calmly told me amidst his soft, rich laughter to stop overthinking irrelevant things. Because I had quite a lot of time and money on my hands, I went shopping a lot. Most of the clothes and jewelry I never wore, but I kept buying them all the same. Money is for spending after all, isn't it? On one of my grocery shopping sprees, I met someone I most definitely did not expect to see again. Preston? I called out to the tall man picking out dairy milk from a shelf. He was slimmer and more muscular than I remembered, but that side view was unmistakable. I could recognize Preston even if he tanned a lot more. The man turned my way in response to my call, and I chuckled in excitement. I was right. Jesus, Preston, I cried in happiness as we locked up in a warm embrace. He recognized me right away. Darn, how many years has it been? He asked cheerfully as we caught up on the good old times on our way out of the mall. Long. Too long. I'm so happy to see you. To think that we followed each other on social media and yet we don't keep in touch, I laughed. Right? Everyone's been busy, I guess, he replies, still wearing his killer smile. I mean, look at you, you're married. I looked down at the ring in my finger and my stomach sank at the remembrance. Yes, I truly was married. I had forgotten. Yeah, I plastered on a fake smile. What about you? Who's the lucky woman? Well, there's none yet, he replied, and a brief moment of awkward silence passed. Hopefully we'll be getting to see a lot more people at the reunion, Preston broke the silence. That was when I remembered. My high school reunion was holding the following week. My high school was about a 20-minute drive from the part of town where Tony and I live. I'd seen the reunion invite somewhere in my mailbox before, but I didn't particularly pay attention to it before Preston mentioned it. Yes, the reunion, yes, yes, is that what you're in town for, I asked. He said, yeah, partly. We'd gotten to the car park, and we now had to go our separate ways. I didn't want to leave. Preston was my first real companion in a few days. I'd laughed genuinely for the first time in a while, too, but I didn't want to sound unhappy. Well, well, it was so nice to see you again, Preston. Perhaps I could treat you to lunch sometime while I'm still in town. If you don't mind, that is, he said, his gaze subconsciously shifted to my ring finger. No, not at all. I'll let you know whenever I'm free, I reply, borrowing my fake smile again. 
We exchanged contacts and went our separate ways. I got home to find that Tony had returned from his trip. It was like that with him. He left and returned whenever he wished. He never saw any need to inform me in advance. Whenever he was home, he was home, and whenever he wasn't, he wasn't. But I was happy to have him back. So happy that after he gave his brief, usual, fine, to the question of how his trip was, I filled him in on everything I'd done all the while that he was away to the last detail of how I met Preston again. That seemed to grab his attention more, seeing as his countenance changed, but he didn't give any comment. I asked if he'd be able to accompany me to my reunion dinner the next weekend, although I doubted that he would. To my surprise, Tony agreed almost immediately. The thought of the possibility that my darling Tony could have been even slightly jealous of my old friend made me smile a little. That afternoon, while he went into the bathroom to freshen up, Tony left his phone lying around unlocked for the first time. That was another thing that changed since we got married. It was an unwritten rule that Tony's phones were out of bounds for me. He could ask to use my phone anytime, but the same could not be applied to me. Whenever I asked, he would ramble on and on about confidential work documents and, so safe to say, my curiosity was piqued at the sight of his phone right there on the bed, open to my infinite possibilities of actions. I wasn't searching for anything in particular. I didn't have any weird suspicions that needed to be clarified either. I just wanted to know how it must feel to snoop around on my partner's phone. The idea of breaking an unspoken rule excited me, so I threw all care to the wind and scrolled through the phone. A few minutes in, my jaw dropped. The gallery was filled with pictures of different women in a different hotel room in very compromising positions. I wondered what these pictures were doing on Tony's phone, but I soon found, after I braced myself enough to check his social media messaging apps, that while I thought I had seen enough on my ex-husband's phone to unnerve me, there was more. It was clear Tony was cheating on me. And it wasn't just one woman. There appeared to be a number of them. The search result of my name in his chats led me to tidbits of various conversations where I had popped up. In all of them, I was referred to or described with derogatory words either by Tony himself, his friends, his sister, or one of his many mistresses. I felt disgraced. It finally dawned on me why Tony always went on so many business trips. To him, I was a mere decoration while he went out to live his real life. It was a very hard pill to swallow. I felt bile rise in my throat as I tried to hold back tears. I put the phone aside, unable to delve deeper for the sake of my mental health. I couldn't believe it. I had been the perfect housewife. I did everything Tony ever asked of me. Where did I go wrong? I couldn't keep it to myself. I needed to ask Tony the many questions running through my mind. As soon as he walked out of the bathroom, looking hot as usual, I hit him with a question. Who is Tiffany? I asked up front. I wasn't scared of the confrontation. I just needed answers and closure. I expected different responses, remorse, cajoling, or the usual nonchalant type. What I did not expect was anger. His eyes grew darker and flared up with a rage as soon as he heard my question. His gaze moved quickly from me, standing in front of the large dressing table with my arms folded across my chest, to the bed where his phone lay, now locked. Did you snoop through my phone? He asked coolly. Too coolly. It was chilling but I was not going to let him demoralize me. I didn't give a reply. He picked up his phone without saying another word, and he walked out of the room. I followed after him, 
Answer me, Tony. Who are those women? Who are all those women? Is that all you used to go do every time you claimed to have a business trip? I felt myself about to choke on my own voice. It started to feel like everything was a lie, and I wondered just what else he was lying to me about. You dastardly liar. I bellowed when he still wouldn't stop to give me a reply. That seemed to have the desired effect. Tony stopped in his tracks and faced me. What? His eyes narrowed. I had never seen Tony look that creepy before. You had the guts to pick up my phone, my personal property, you went spying through it against my permission, which is stealing by the way, and I'm the shameful one? Do you think I'm oblivious to all of your escapades with your old friend from high school too? I saw the way your eyes glimmered when you mentioned his name. You can't fool me. But somehow you think you're the saint? Tony scoffed sarcastically and continued on his way to the guest bedroom downstairs. The accusations he had hurled at me left me transfixed on the spot. I could not believe that my husband, whom I adored so much, could say all those hurtful words to me. Tony had broken my heart. That day, I felt my home crumble before my eyes like an unstable deck of cards. I started to see all the flaws and faults that I'd allowed myself to be blinded to all the while. I realized that I'd been stupid all along. That night, I cried myself to sleep. The days that followed were sad, long, and uneventful. Tony remained in town, but we were barely speaking, and he maintained the guest room as his new bedroom. The only highlights that I had in that period were the few meetings I had with Preston. I could take my thoughts off my pathetic marriage for a while and truly feel happy. The night of my reunion dinner came, and despite that Tony and I were not on perfect terms, he had agreed to come with me, so we had to show up at the event together. The evening started well and Tony cooperated properly, as I introduced him to some of my old friends. We managed to put up the front of the perfect couple. Until Preston walked up to our cocktail table, he came in good spirits, excited to be meeting Tony finally, but Tony did not reciprocate the energy. He was cold and he made it too obvious. Feeling awkward and uncomfortable, and I couldn't blame him in the slightest, Preston left us in a hurry after the introductions. I pulled Tony aside after that to plead with him to get into character, at least for the night. I could not afford for my husband to embarrass me, not when there were so many people around. He seemed to get the message, and being the freak about his public image, he put up a great front for a good while, but it did not last long. Preston had to leave the event midway, and he came over to bid me farewell. He made a small inside joke about a classmate on the stage, and I giggled softly. He said his goodbyes to Tony afterwards and gave me a hug. That was the turning point of my night. In the few seconds that Preston and I held an embrace for, Tony's insecurities surged into his head, and in a flash, he balled his hand into a fist, pulled me away from Preston, and punched my dear friend right in the face. I gasped, and the entire crowd turned to look at us almost immediately. Leave my wife alone, Tony growled at Preston, who looked confused as ever. I wanted the ground to open up and take me in it, but that didn't happen. After that night, I was certain that we were the talk of the crowd, and I hated it. I hated embarrassing scenes more than anything in my life. Tony did not apologize. Not that night, and not the next morning when he left again on another trip. I made up my mind that I was not going to be in that house when he returned. I called Preston to apologize for my husband's rash behavior, and he seemed understanding. I moved my stuff later that day to a part of town where I was certain Tony would not easily find me. 
Later that week, I sent him copies of our divorce papers. I had had enough. Whether it was because he didn't take me seriously as usual or because he thought I would come running back to him soon, I'm not sure, but Tony took his time with signing the papers. I couldn't care very much though. As long as I didn't have to see his disgusting self every day, I was fine. Preston and I met up again and hung out a lot. We finally decided to give love a real chance between us. It was easy to love Preston and be loved by him. It was as though we were made for each other. I felt valued and for the first time, I was truly in love. And even my instincts agreed that I'd made the right choice. Soon, a wedding was in view, but we couldn't do too much until Tony responded to the divorce papers. I was prepared to force him if I had to. I wanted a real wedding this time, a big and lavish one, and while Preston was certainly doing well for himself, he wasn't as wealthy as Tony, not that I cared very much anyway, but I really wanted a grand wedding. One morning, I woke up to a realization. Tony and I had a joint account as a couple. We had separate accounts too, but the joint account held our fallback funds. Since we weren't officially divorced and I was still a signatory to the account, I decided to pay a visit to the bank. I sat with my legs crossed and my heart swelling as the cashier packed my withdrawn cash into bags. It was approximately all of the account's content, but considering Tony's wealth, I cleared it all. My insides leapt with joy as the young man handed me my bag, flashed a bright smile and said, thank you for banking with us. I walked out of the bank feeling like I was walking on the clouds. No doubt I'd made a lot of dumb decisions in my life but I felt I was finally righting all the wrongs. After all, since Tony was still my husband on paper, his money was mine to spend, wasn't it? I chuckled all the way happily to my car. Payback feels good. Do you guys think that OP should feel in the least bit guilty about emptying that wealthy bank account and taking it all for herself? Or do you guys think considering all that OP went through for all those years, that it's the least they deserve on their route to happiness? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another story of revenge that was even more insane than the one in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time for some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 